Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gun and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, the box office world has become frozen once again. Is the WWE thriving or surviving? And what are the best deals out there for gamers? All this and more as we once again delve into... The Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Humanican Media, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. My gosh, that list gets longer every week. I'm saying but- I'm the one wearing a hat. Exactly, exactly. But it is great to be here. Thanksgiving week. First off, let's hope everyone out there has a safe and happy Thanksgiving. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without a good friend of mine, because Josh is hopefully having a safe and happy Thanksgiving. But he's out with doing family things with family people and all that kind of family stuff. But with me this week for both episodes of Pop Culture Cosmos and PCC Multiverse is my good friend. He's actually one of the original, the OGs, one of the beginning people in my life when it comes to podcasting, video game reporting, and all that good stuff. He is the man behind Game Source because I don't know where Tony is half the time. But you got to check out what he's doing today at Game Source on Facebook, Game Source on YouTube, and everything that he's doing with his own Twitch and YouTube channels. It is my good friend. It is Mr. Jamie Monroy. Because we're only on mono Monroy right now. There's no stereo Monroy today. No, I went back to, to, you know, mono. No more Dolby, no stereo. It's okay, though. It's okay. We'll just go back to, we're going to kick it old school. That's We'll say it that way. If we kicked it old school, there'd be like four or five other, or maybe even seven other people on the line, and there'd be so much feedback. I don't think we'd be able to do the show. That's true. You'd be spending the majority of the time scolding a certain someone. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's you know, I'm, it was good for comedy, but not good for my blood pressure. Never, never. No, no, no. But anyways, it's going to be a great episode we've got going on today. We're going to give you an update of what happened this weekend at the box office for Thanksgiving. Well, closing in on Thanksgiving weekend, I should say. But it was a great weekend for the box office, indeed. Plus, also as well, we're going to be talking some Baby Yoda because Mandalorian, I want to hear Jamie's thoughts of what he thinks so far of the Mandalorian. Survivor Series just ended. The Survivor Series weekend for WWE, the, really something that they corner to each and every year. One of the four major events that they try to circle around. It is that Thanksgiving time tradition for them. But we're going to talk more about the actual product and also some of the results itself from Survivor Series. Are they in the mode of that they're actually thriving and just really growing as an entity? 
or are they surviving and trying to make do with what they have? We're going to have weigh in with our opinions on the product as, as it is coming off of Survivor Series coming up later in the broadcast as well. Plus, I'm going to ask Jamie. I know we had our Black Friday episode here on the PCC Multiverse, but I want to ask Jamie some of the deals that he's looking at. And I've added a couple that I want to go ahead and mention on the show as well coming up later in the episode. And Rob McCallum is back with another off the cuff with his wife, Tanya Marie. They're going to be talking about more great pop culture subjects. But my friend, it was Disney's Frozen 2 at the box office, as if there was ever a doubt. It, it came out this weekend to a lot of interest. Like Josh and I were talking about, you turned a corner on a Walmart, you go right or left on the Target, you're running into one of the many displays of Frozen 2. It's like everywhere. It's going to earn probably around $125, $130 million to the box office domestically here for the weekend. And that's not even counting the extra time that's going to happen this weekend with the Thanksgiving weekend coming up on it as well, plus over $350 million worldwide. Got huge numbers in China and also Korea as well. So I ask you, my friend, the numbers are big. The numbers are rolling in over $350 million worldwide. This looks like it's another very big hit for them. And I see nothing but great success for this movie going forward. Because like you said, you know, the numbers don't lie. It's something that everyone should have expected. Frozen 2 was, or um, excuse me, Frozen, I meant to say, was phenomenal. Did phenomenal. Same thing then when merchandise came out for Frozen. It was the big thing to do, you know, to get Elsa, Anna, Olaf. The main characters were the staples. And I'm with you on that. I see the same exact thing right now. You go into any major store right now. You're seeing frozen clothes, frozen toys, frozen drinkware, frozen to pretty much anything at this point. I'm sure they're getting ready to have frozen two drinks. Point being is, yeah, it's definitely, I don't want to put it in the genre of a cash cow with other things that, you know, they might just throw a name on and say, it's oh, whoa, it's the best thing they're coming. This actually is probably going to be one of the best films to come out this year. Obviously, in the animated category, in my opinion, it's going to knock it out of the park. It already is. Also, with, I believe, what, Panic at the Disco is on the soundtrack this time around. I believe I just saw the video, Brendan Urie going in there with almost a feel for the Death of the Bachelor video, but getting clips from the blockbuster, I guess we should say. I can't say anything bad. I can't say fully anything amazing yet. I am going to see it probably by the time this is airing, but... I can't wait to get the full experience. I do know of it. I just haven't gotten the whole experience myself. I know I'm going to go ahead and check it out with my daughter as well. One of my daughters wants to see it and let it go. And the other one wants me to just let it go, dad, let it go. But it is going to be something that I think a lot of people are gearing up for. And I think it's going to have a long life at the box office. I see it as something that I think a lot of people during even the course of the Christmas break and Christmas holiday season will still try to go ahead and attend if they're not going to see Star Wars or Jumanji 2 because those are the other two big movies coming around in the next month, month and a half or so. So look forward to seeing those three movies skyrocket to the box office. Of the three, maybe Jumanji 2, no one knows exactly how well that one will do. But then again, Jumanji rode the back of The Last Jedi, and eventually in January and February actually surpassed and became the number one movie for a while 
on its way to over $900 million worldwide. So I'm interested to see where the original falls, but right now, Frozen 2 looks like it's going to surpass, at least on the surface, surpass what Frozen did uh, originally. And Frozen earned over a billion dollars at the box office. So I want to give first off props to Josh because he, you know he actually said this would blow away expectations, and it looks like it has. I, mean, I think it was I was expecting right around a hundred million dollars, and I would say Disney was probably going to be very disappointed if it didn't earn over a hundred million dollars domestically. Well. It did that in spades. It's almost over $400 million here worldwide in its first weekend. And by the time Thanksgiving hits, it might be close to $500 million. So that's just more chunk of change for Disney. And I know a lot of people out there are saying, another Disney hit. Ho-hum, another Disney hit. Well, you know what? It is another Disney hit. But right now, they are making products that the people like to see. They are making products that people are going to see and making I guess time and spending money to go to the theaters for, because one of the things that Josh and I talked about was that, you know, with declining numbers in the theater chains that are out there and declining numbers overall year over year, that with the streaming market, the way it is, people need to be enticed to go to the theaters for an event. Casual audiences need to be lured somehow into the theaters to go ahead and be able to have, see something special. Because they're not just going for your average movies anymore. They're not just going for the movies that are, you know, just going ahead and having popcorn. I mean, there's been so many failures cinematically this year at the box office that I think it's just a loud and clear message. You have to make an event. And I think Frozen 2, with its marketing, with advance notice, with obviously the the movie that we know before that's now available on Disney Plus has made every effort to make this a viable entity and, and something special for families to go to. So it looks like it's going to be doing big numbers like Josh called it. I'm going to give him props. He did it. He said it was going to be, you know, one, he's usually a very tentative and very apprehensive to give those big kind of praise and, and numbers ahead of time because he's not the prognosticator like I try to be on occasion. But he did a great job in doing so. But I ask you, as we leave our conversation on Frozen 2, I want to ask you this. With Frozen 2 obviously earning big bucks, there's going to be every temptation to go ahead and make a Frozen 3. Do you think that audiences are going to be coming back once again for a Frozen 3? Do you think these families will be taking their kid to a Frozen 3? Or do you think they should just have it stop at Frozen 2? Okay, well, case in point, like you said, you're going to see it with your daughter. You know, you have one on the fence, one not, one wants to let it go, you know, one says, let's go. I've both saying, let's go. Now, mind you, you know, one's 16, one going on 13, so one going on 17, one going on 13. Let's say it that way. And so I can't say, oh, there's an age group where it's just going to cut off. So that's where they're going to lose their, you know, I don't think so. It's almost... Frozen, to me, comes off now like some of the older Disney movies did where they're starting to be timeless, but a little sooner. So it's not taking until it's you and I looking at, like, Disney Plus going, oh, wow, I really remember that movie. I remember how that made me feel. I remember doing this when I was watching this movie or always doing that whenever I watched this movie, things like that. I'm with you. When we're going to the movies, it happens far and few between as compared to before and with so many options you have amc now offering where you can just stream movies 
with an account for A-List and things like that and Premiere, well, you're telling me through your app and your subscription that I don't have to go to your theater. So now you're making it even easier for me to avoid going to your theater, which I agree with and don't agree with. I agree with it because everybody wants that comfort. I can just stay home. I don't even have to get dressed. I can put my, stay in my pajamas, sit on the couch, watch whatever I want. You also lose out on a lot of that experience, though. And you have to weigh it out. You know, sometimes a movie theater can be a good experience. Sometimes you just kind of cringe. Did I really just spend that much money on that movie? <laughs> it's happened to a lot of people this year, as you were saying. But you lose out on so much of the experience. And I, I get the whole making it convenient for people. And there's a lot of people that just won't go to the theater or can't go to the theater. And that's fine. But don't miss out on the experience of things like, especially things like Frozen 2. You know, the movies that deserve the experience of being in a theater, don't, don't miss out on those. Especially I, if you got young ones, really young ones. Exactly. Exactly. Because they're the ones that are going to lose out. You know, we had our experiences when theaters were the biggest thing going. And, you know, a, a lot of kids don't get that experience. And they have a different experience because they're going to see movies that may or may not be the ones that they should be experiencing there. So in reality, they should be listening to our podcast so they know which movies they should be watching. Would be nice. Would be nice. But I, I will say this, my friend, 65-inch, 70, 75-inch TVs are awesome. They're great. In fact, I, you know, if you listen to our last show with the Black Friday episode, you know that Walmart and Target have 65-inch TVs as low as $278, $279. Yeah. But the thing is, it does not, even with the best sound system and the biggest TV, still doesn't entirely replace the theater-going experience and for a little one, if you have them, if you have another one, you know, more than one, if you have a whole family, it's best for you to go ahead and check it out and experience it. At least give it a shot for Frozen 2. And even if you make those select times a year where you go ahead and say, you know what, this is an event we need to go check out as a family. I think this one probably is one that you need to go ahead and check out. I mean, there's not too many over the course of, of you know, the, these this year that there's been that many can't miss or must experience movies in the theater. This is one of those movies, at least for the young ones. If you got a family, I suggest you go see it. Absolutely. What are your thoughts out there on frozen two? Have you seen it? And are you going to take the family to frozen two? If you haven't already, or are you just letting it go altogether? Share us your thoughts, pop culture, cosmos at yahoo.com. See another fr a frozen pun right there for you. And also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, speaking of Disney stuff, Disney Plus is still going strong. I'm enjoying it, still combing through the library. But one of the few things I've, I need to make a remark on that I think they're a little bit short on, and they know it, is all new original content. Yes, we can see Jeff Goldblum to we're blue in the face. 
But the one show that I think a lot of people are keying in on is The Mandalorian. And Star Wars The Mandalorian has actually garnered a lot of viewers, a lot of interest, a lot of people checking it out. And for all the right reasons, because so far my impressions are kind of started off okay, not too great, all right, nothing special. But it's gotten a little bit better, a little bit better episode by episode, in my opinion. But I'm not the one here talking today as a guest. I've already said my piece so far going in through episode one and two. Episode three I checked out, and like I said before, I think the show is getting better. It went into a better place with spoilers, Baby Yoda, that whole arc, The Mandalorian. You know a little bit more about The Mandalorian and, and what's going on there. And then also as well, The Mandalorians as a whole, you get to know a little bit more going on going forward in the series, which actually is something that a lot of people are interested in. So I ask you, my friend, your thoughts on The Mandalorian, your thoughts on Disney Plus as a whole, I want to hear it. But again, like I said, I think the one thing that this, this Disney Plus really needs in order to sustain and grow its basic customers is good original content, but more good original content. Well, I couldn't agree with you more on that one, Joe. Uh, as an avid Disney person, love Disney, I've, I'm going through the archives. There's a lot of things I can key in on from key moments of my childhood, the past, you know, in general. But, but I, I couldn't agree with you more. Definitely needs that new original content to keep their base of subscribers here down the road. Hopefully a lot of us can keep in the back of our head of the fact that they did say a lot of stuff isn't going to start until next year and even the year following. So we got to keep that in the back of our heads at the same time. But I still think they do need to start trickling out a little more new content. There's only so much of the older content that you want to watch, including can watch because, you know, you can only stomach so many episodes of the sweet life of Zach and Cody before you just want to, you know, duh. but on the Mandalorian front, I agree. First chapter I watched and, you know, when it came out a little slow, but obviously that's to set you up, which is okay. A lot of key moment things where, you know, you see things from the movies that you remember. Oh, look, they're all frozen in carbonite. Obviously a throwback to Han, you know, the Han Solo thing. Him busting into that cantina. Again, back to old, you know, things that we know. Things that are what we take for lore and everyday norm in Star Wars universe. Did get better with the second chapter? I have not watched the third chapter yet. Shame on me. From what you said, sounds like it's just getting better, which is funny because we both had the same thought process. I was thinking that first chapter, okay, you're a little slow. I'm going to give you a chance. Second one comes around. By the time the second one hit, I even got the wife to sit down and watch it, which she, I can tell you right now, can count Star Wars moments on one finger and can probably not tell you much about it, but actually sat back, got interested in this, and is now waiting to watch chapter three, which is unusual but i'll take it thank you disney plus well what i one thing i want to ask you is one of the reasons why i cited that there were some deficiencies especially with that first episode and to a smaller extent maybe the other two episodes as well is that i feel like they would be more fleshed out if they were an hour and so what i want to hear is your thoughts should they be extended to an hour long type episodes i mean i was prepared on the first episode i said this before on the air that i think 
that I was prepared for a one hour show and all I got was 40 minutes. So I don't know if that's because they want to put it on regular TV and wrap commercials around it or what have you. I, I just was kind of disappointed in the fact that it, I think it rushed too much, especially in that first episode. Second and third episode seems to be taking care of the pacing a lot better. So it doesn't feel as rushed as the first one did, which tried to tell everything within the span of 40 minutes. But I want to hear your thoughts. Do you think the series would be better off with one hour episodes? Because I think a lot of people can tolerate it. I think a lot of people would be more excited about learning more about this, this part of the Star Wars universe. Do you think those, the series would be better off being an hour long or do you like it uh, You know, for the length that it is? No, I, I do see where you're going with that. And I do think it would be better as an hour long because I honestly went into it expecting the same exact thing. But notice the, noticing the timing and the pacing, like you said, honestly, uh, it's something we're probably going to end up seeing on some ABC channel down the road. Maybe I couldn't say for sure where, but you know, it started to have that pacing of the original season of Agents of the Shield. The very early days of that show reminded me a lot of the first episode of Mandalorian. So yeah, I agree. I see what you were saying that. I do think an hour would be fine. I don't think people would really shy away from it if it was longer. I think that would just make it even better. I think it would too. I think it would allow for a lot more uh, explanation behind what's going on after the demise of the Empire in Return of the Jedi. I think it would also flesh out that world and the aftermath a lot better. Yes, I know they have another season that they're already started working on. John Favreau said it this past weekend that they're going to go ahead, uh, said it recently that they're already started work on season two. So that's great to hear that, the, you know, there's a future for the Mandalorian. But I still think if you had our episodes, you would be able to go ahead and flesh out that part of the world, the Bounty Hunter Guild, the Mandalorians, the backstory, the things of that nature, even Baby Yoda. Although I know you want to keep that pretty much on a hush-hush right now if you're Disney and Star Wars until you get more and more into the episodes of The Mandalorian. I get that. But still, it would flesh out the series a lot more, I think. And to me, I think it would explain things a lot better for a lot of people who are not as familiar, like your wife. She's not familiar with the Star Wars universe at all. An extra 20 minutes would be, well, three episodes would be an extra hour of explanation of what's going on in that world to help her understand it even better and others like her. Right. I th There should have been a little more backstory to a lot of things instead of the little snippets of force fed that you got along the way that was supposed to keep you up. And I mean, obviously you and I, not too hard to keep up, but with the wife a little hard to keep up, I had to fill in some blanks that Again, if it was an hour long, like you just said, I wouldn't be filling in blanks. I'd be enjoying the blanks being filled in for everybody as a whole. I agree with you on that. And I just think that it's something that could be a lot better explained for those who are not as familiar, who just got the Disney Plus service, who want to know more about what's going on. Because there's so many people out there, despite the fact that it seems at first illogical, there's so many people out there who haven't witnessed or watched a movie in the Star Wars universe before. So getting them to understand what's going on within the Star Wars universe helps a lot. I also said that it would have been great if the first episode had a Star Wars crawl like the Star Wars movies to make it not only more special, more Star Wars-ish, but also as an explainer, again, for those people who are not as familiar with the series, to me that also would have helped as well. But 
that's a, again minor compared to an extra 20 minutes each episode for exposition i think that would have helped out a lot more but so far it's getting a little bit better a little bit better to me it's similar to the watchmen i've been watching some episodes now oh my gosh pardon the pun there with the watch but watchmen i have been watching the episodes pun again and I think that the episodes are getting a little bit better, a little bit better, understanding what the Watchmen universe is all about and letting it flesh out a little bit more uh, with each and every episode. I know a lot of people were kind of figuring out what the first two episodes, what was going on and why is that relating to the Watchmen series or Watchmen movie per se, especially if you watch the Watchmen movie, it was kind of difficult where they were trying to place everything within all the scheme of things. But you're getting more and more exposition. You're getting more understanding of what's going on and how it's being delved into the Watchmen universe. So I think those episodes are also getting better as well. But for the Mandalorian, I kind of relate to one to the other because I think with the Mandalorian, I think it's just something that they want to do a slow burn for you. And they really don't want to get you in too deep yet, but they want to go ahead and still have you hooked I think there's a right amount of action so far. I will give them props for that. They're not just going ahead all heavy on the exposition or all heavy on the action. I like the fact that they have a nice mix. Your thoughts on the action part of it? I mean, what you saw out of the first two episodes, do you think there's enough action or are you needing more when it comes to the Star Wars universe? I think they're giving us the right amount of action for it being displayed the way it's being, for the story being told the way it's being told. I feel like if they overdo it and over push the action in it to try and keep it up there with the pacing of the films, it will be too cliche and probably die out fast. And that's probably not where they want to go with it, which I, I could see it. I think there's maybe enough, maybe there's times it could be a little more because it seems like sometimes right when you start getting that adrenaline rush, it's over. And then it goes right back into a pacing of like, oh, well, that was okay. You just went from adrenaline to straight snail crawl. So, yeah, I can understand where there should be maybe a little lengthier of sequences with certain action sequences. But I don't don't think they should over push it with the fact because I don't it, it doesn't need to be up there with the pacing of the films because that will just, I think, destroy what they're trying to create. I understand that completely. And I. To a sense, I agree with you as well, because the fact that you got to go ahead and try and tell a good story over the course of, I think it's eight episodes, I think the series is. So it's not exactly the longest series in the world, but I still think they're going to have, by the time that the, this first season has ended, they're still going to leave me wanting more, but not necessarily in a great way, because the fact it won't be leaving me wanting more because, oh, it's such a great series, and I want to see more, and I want to see more. This is like... Uh, I think they left some things out, and I wanted to see more about that. I was curious to find out more about this. I was curious to find more about that. I'm hoping I don't have that feeling, but I think by the end of season one, I will. Now, maybe that's what season two will be all about. I'm not quite sure. But with The Mandalorian, I think I, I, it, there's some good things that are going on. A lot of people are just crazy over Baby Yoda. Was Baby Yoda, and spoilers to everybody out there, sorry, if you haven't seen the Mandalorian by now, Baby Yoda is a thing, and I'm sure you probably see on the internet anyways, because he's you know been on a thousand gifts and a million and a million memes and all that. Was introducing Baby Yoda 
Was that the right move by Disney and Star Wars to create another Yoda in the universe? Ah, you went there. You went there. I have to go there. I mean, you you can't avoid not saying anything about Baby Yoda. You you right. just can't avoid well, it. Right now, these days, if unless you're, I don't even want to say if you're living under a rock. Because if you're under a rock, there's still got to be something written in the dirt about Baby Yoda. It, it's everywhere. Just like you said, you really can't avoid it. Do I think it was a great idea? <sighs> That's a two-sided coin that is not the same at all. The fan in me, the, the little child inside me is like, oh my god, it's so cute, yay! Look at it! The Star Wars fan in me, the adult in me, the realistic thinker in me is going, okay, they're trying to... I see where it fits on the timeline. I see where they're going with it, with the aging of the species and everything else and what have you. But they gave us nothing story-wise on Baby Yoda. And as far as I know, as it sits with me still, there's still no knowledge of... We just have this baby that looks like Yoda that everyone is calling Baby Yoda because we don't know what else... I mean, it's too long to say... Oh, it's the little baby child. It resembles the same species as Yoda and... No, you that's too long. So, for lack of a better term, like you said, baby Yoda is where we're, everyone's going with it. Now, now, Disney is trying to do everything they can to, you know, not have the existence of baby Yoda out there on the internet. But they're trying to actually copyright block so many of the baby Yoda gifs are out there. Good luck with that one. Right. Yeah, the internet is just going to stay one step ahead of you, Disney. I mean, you've got a lot of money. you got a lot of power. But sorry, you're not faster than, than all the internet, the people out there, those keyboard warriors out there on the internet making those gifs and those memes. So good luck with that one. But yeah, they're even trying to go ahead and, and try and crack down on people trying to spoil it out there just by having Baby Yoda out there. But yeah, it, they're, they're going to great lengths. But that just tells me that Baby Yoda has become a big thing whether we like it or not. It has. It definitely has. But I just hope by the end of it, we're not left with just an open cliffhanger and still not knowing much knowledge on who and what this baby has to do with anything. I'm trying to go ahead and make you float right now. Just, you know, just, just trying to make you know, because the force is with me. <laughs> it wasn't with blah, Baby blah, Yoda blah, from blah. what I read online. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, sorry. Disney just tried to copyright block me as well. Oh, see how they are? I thought I saw some Mickey ears pop up behind you. There you go. There you go. What are your thoughts out there on The Mandalorian so far? Are you enjoying the show and all three episodes that have been released? Or are you a baby Yoda and you're trying to force yourself away from the series itself? Ooh. Force, get it? Force, get it? Force, I get it. Share us your thoughts, PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up next, Rob McCallum and his wife, Tanya Marie, they're going to come up right after the break with their off-the-cuff segment. And then afterwards, Jamie and I are going to close out the show talking about WWE and also what are some of the deals in gaming that I need to go ahead and remind you of because some of them are on sale right now. We're going to tell you what they are coming up later on in the program as well. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. 
Get ready for Box Art, a gaming docuseries from Pyre Productions and Rob McCallum Films. If you love video games, chances are there's a box cover or cover image that you love and has stuck with you for decades. In our series, Box Art, we travel across North America to visit with the unknown illustrators and artists responsible for creating the most iconic gaming images of all time. What was once scheduled to be a 90-minute documentary is now a six-episode season packed with unbelievable tales that paint a picture of the gaming industry you've never imagined. Just one of the many pop culture projects from Rob McCallum, Empire Productions. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. This is Off the Cuff with No Guff. I'm your host, Rob McCallum, and joining me this week is my lovely wife, partner, and now, I can say, frequent collaborator. It is, it is frequent. It's more... There is a frequency to this. It's happening. Do you know what Quibi is? No. Quibi. So Quibi is Wait. Jeffrey Katzenberg. Do you know what Katzenberg is? So Katzenberg... Uh, was head of DreamWorks with David okay. Geffen and Steven Spielberg. And okay. before that, he worked at Disney. And he was part of that big revival with oh, Little Mermaid, okay. Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin and Lion King. Wait, Remember we watched the documentary? documentary. Yes, Remember the name yes. of the documentary? Mm-mm. Waking Sleeping Beauty. Oh, so sweet. Which is on Disney Plus, and people can check that out if they if they want to see that. Did it's, you buy it? What? At the Waking time, Sleeping Beauty? I think you buy, yeah. bought it, it off only, iTunes. It was only eight bucks. It was a great buy, though. Oh, my God. All those yeah, songs. Yeah, it's, it's a little self-indulgent because it, it oh. really promotes how good Disney is oh, on a, a documentary about Disney. Disney but pat on the back. It's it's really cool to see a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff of those yeah. four big films for Disney to turn around their animation unit. Again, it's Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, yeah. Aladdin, and, and Lion King. Lion King. The music, uh, though. Yeah, like, but itself. Y- you see more of the behind-the-scenes footage Absolutely. on the individual titles. Um but yeah, so Katzenberg, mm-hmm. he got out of DreamWorks, yes. and then he was just with DreamWorks Animation, and then he got out of that, and now he's doing Quibi. Now, Quibi is bite-sized content. Okay. Basically, seven minutes or less. Hmm. And he kind of wants to create content and series and drama that is basically geared to people like waiting for a bus, okay. people on the run, short attention spans, but strong Which is story- everybody now. But, which is, but strong storytelling, too. Yeah. So, uh, I'm asked here, you know, is, is Quibi appealing to me as a filmmaker? Uh, let me ask you, is, hmm. is Quibi appealing to you as, as a potential viewer? Would you want to watch something in seven-minute chapters or or honestly, episodes? Like, yeah, honestly, it would probably... <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie, my self-indulgent show is like every week on Thursdays when Scarlett takes a nap. And if I'm folding laundry, I watch Riverdale. And that is like a really hard hour for me to get in. And yes, it's self-indulgent and it's... A show that's pretty young, but it's it's cute and it's light and it's fluffy and I watch it and they're singing and whatever. But like as for me, like mom, I'm like super busy and if I want to get something in that's really rich and but, yeah, okay. But I'm gonna challenge this because okay, you, you're me. gonna say okay, I, you're gonna have seven minutes to watch this show, and I'm gonna say 
you're going to need the five minutes before to make sure you can get ready to watch that show, that everything's kind of put on pause. Mm-hmm. And then you're still going to need five minutes after, so well, you're still at the 20-minute mark. There's nowhere I'm going to go for, like, seven minutes. Like, I don't take a bus because I drive, and I'm not going to, like, sit there and watch it in my car. I'm not saying everything's seven minutes, but I think that's the kind of goal of, of Quibi. Like I say, like, if there were seven minutes, but now, it's like, you've put up a good argument, like, hmm... I'm not trying to make you change your mind. No, no. I'm just thinking. It's, you're making me think. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. I need to exercise my brain more often. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to sleep on that one. Okay, so here's here's the real kicker. Okay. okay so give it to Google me. Stadia. Yes. Quibi. Hmm. Uh, I'm, we're being asked: Do we think that both of these services are trying to appeal to millennials? Are they going to force millennials specifically to connect? Oh, I don't think they're going to have to force millennials. I just think they'll go like a bunch of lambs to the slaughter. So you think that Google Stadia is something that they're going to embrace? Oh, yeah. Of course, instant everything, instant gratification. Let's go. Yeah, but, boom, 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 boom. Okay, but sure. Like, there's still so many other services. Do they need one more thing? Do they care? That, that yeah, they it do. is a generation of excess. No, but it's a generation. There's so much, only so much time, too. Just, True. Time just is infinite, okay, Rob. Okay, just because there's a different generation with different habits whether it's baby boomers or millennials yeah. or gen xers whatever. or whatever whoever you are um there's only so much time in a day and there's only so much money as well well true well i guess they're going to gravitate to which one they they want to and remember quibi be, yes. is is a service too yes, right it, yeah so we, we've got netflix and amazon and hulu in the states now and we Dis- have disney plus and we'll talk about disney plus soon it's Ooh, all on the list we've got no questions way, about really? disney plus excellent yeah, yeah absolutely so you think that both of these are going to be a hit, or or no? Mm, I I don't think they're going to be. A hit. Who are they for? I don't know. I we're, I guess we're going to have to see like demographics when they they who, come out. Who do you think that Quibi is for? Like, like literally on the go, like all the time. Like you say, someone waiting for a bus, waiting for a train, waiting behind someone in line. Someone who needs to be occupied like all the time. Like there are those people that are like constantly looking at their phones. Like they're just not living their life. I see them all over the place. Just I think... Completely distracted. I, I'm going to go the opposite route. Ooh-hoo. I'm going to counter-programming here. I think that Quibi mm-hmm. is for community entertainment. That sounds way more official and technical than it needs it to be. It does. It sounds really serious. I, I want to say it's almost like appointment viewing, water cooler type stuff, like the Super Bowl. Oh. We have a bunch of people mm-hmm. over and you sit and watch stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, when a new trailer comes out and you're watching it and you're watching other trailers with people and you're yeah, kind of like making you're, you're kind of making a night of it or you're watching music videos together. Totally. I think this is where Quibi is really going to find a lot of success with their the stuff that they're funding and they they've got a ton of money. And I was saying before we had to take they a little money. Saying before we take a little break, I went to Real Screen in June and everybody was talking about how much money Quibi had. And how to land a Quibi deal. How do you land a Quibi deal? And and the the problem they were trying to figure out is how do you create a format, like a game show that can be done in millions of different languages Mm -hmm. in different regions, but have a seven-minute kind of time limit on it or a docu-series that can be told in seven-minute chapters? How can you make it so, like, hard-hitting that, you know, it's got to be 
Yeah. You, you just got to hold your attention so, yeah. and, and, so and the, grab it. And this is why I, I don't think it's for people on the go. I think it's no. for people that want to constantly consume and that it's buzzworthy, really strong content. Okay. Because if you're with a group of people and you're like, oh, we got to watch one more. I'll put another one on. It's like watching Jackass, right? You're like addictive because you're like, like oh, Those Jackass yeah. sketches were like oh five God. minutes each. Like that's perfect oh, Quibi kind of stuff. Guilty. I watched the crap out of those and at over, that time. And, and over again. and over it's like again. sometimes when I'm having a shitty day and the kids are sleeping because God knows they're not watching Jackass. I will, like, YouTube, like, Johnny Knoxville doing, you know... So, stand-up comedians, I think, will fit to that because oh, it's comedy, com- right? Oh, huh, I never thought And can we get, like, narratives, like, books, you know, done in seven-minute seven chapter chunks and series? So yeah. And if you have an interesting voice. So, of the two, Quibi is where I'm leaning, in case you couldn't tell. That, uh, not at all. I think Quibi, the thing that they're going to face, and there's a free version and a paid version, I think... Uh, it's just, can they compete with the amount of other stuff that people are already trying to get caught up on? Yeah, they're like, oh, have it. Like, that's what all you hear from people. Like, have you they caught up need, on this on Netflix? They have need like this? three great shows in order to really kind of stand out. Yeah, like knock them out too, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, that's interesting to hear that those are the elements that you like. What do you give me that look for? I can say, I have spoken. I have spoken, yes. Ah! From The Mandalorian. So good. The Ugnaught. And the people calling baby whatever yoda, yoda species is i'm like oh my god it's not yoda I'm like yeah but I'm, what are we gonna call it baby some, tiny whatever it is some sites some what sites is, say that yoda species hasn't been revealed others kind of say it has i don't is know there a I, name for it i don't ask c- jay bartlett he, yeah he holds the knowledge text him right now no i don't care enough wake him up i don't care enough to look at it i want the series to present whatever it wants to present okay bring it on species of yoda um, this will do. This will do for another episode of Off the Cuff, the uh, episode where we tried not to wake our daughter, but she woke twice. As <laughs> we're in the basement recording, and she's upstairs in the master bedroom. We're loud people. Crashed out. We're we're we have volume. What did we say that this episode was called? I know it was AKA I'm Sorry I Love You. I'm Sorry I Love You. But what was the other version? It was version? like the Don't Wake the Kids. Don't Wake the Kids podcast. Okay. The maybe, while maybe you Maybe every week I'll have a different title for, for this. You know, We had the breakfast edition last time with J-Rock, mm, Justin yeah. Show and Rock. Now this is the Don't Wake the Kids version. So, yeah. All right, well, send us your uh, questions for the next episode whenever that kind of ish happens probably not weekly more like monthly ish maybe occasionally uh at rob mczob both on instagram and on twitter or at pop culture cosmo on twitter or pop culture cosmos on facebook okay cheers If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. I don't know, man. They just concluded the Survivor Series this weekend, and the matches, they seem to be going the way of NXT. NXT, they're trying to go ahead and with their Wednesday show, obviously try and get that going at a level with, above what AEW All Elite Wrestling is trying to do on Wednesdays itself. 
They actually, for the first time, did beat AEW on total viewers, still not beating them in the key 18 to 49 demo, which a lot of these advertisers go for. SmackDown, obviously one of the big cornerstones for Fox on Friday nights, not getting quite the numbers that they once did when they first started off you know, to begin the season. And Raw still doing okay at best, kind of middling numbers. They're not able to go ahead and sell those house shows like they once did. In fact, they're trying to still get a lot of people to go ahead and attend the, sh- the show the night that this airs, which is Raw, Monday Night Raw. So trying to go ahead and get those people coming in is kind of hard to do as well. You know, after you got a chance to go ahead and check out Survivor Series, where Brock Lesnar destroyed Rey Mysterio, Bray Wyatt handled Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole still keeps the hold of the NXT title, And in the matches that had the various groups, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, for the most part, NXT got the big wins, obviously trying to boost that brand. But I just don't have that vibe. I just don't have that that great feeling about the WWE when I watch their product. I just, as a whole, I think the WWE product is not in a great state. I still think they're one, two, or three stars away. I mean, they don't have a rock coming around the corner unless it's rock for a guest appearance. And, you know, that only happens once every year or so. They don't have a Steve Austin coming around the corner because Steve Austin just goes ahead and does does podcasts and talk shows now because he's retired, essentially, for all intents and purposes. They don't have those marquee stars that they've made into superstars. So I think the product as a whole is suffering. And it's not because of All Elite Wrestling, per se, because All Elite Wrestling is the cool in-crowd thing. Yes, you went to Hot Topic and you bought all the shirts. And now you get to go ahead and watch the show on every Wednesday night on TNT. That's great and all, but all elite wrestling is not the reason why WWE is at its point where it is. I think it's WWE in and of itself. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. Where are we at coming out of Survivor Series? Do you feel more confident about the product? Or is it something you're just saying to yourself, this is not where I would like my WWE to be? Obviously, as a longtime wrestling fan, this is not where I want my WWE to be. I could say it right out the gate. It's totally not where I want the WWE to be. They are grasping at straws. I was, you know, we were chit chatting earlier, and I said it before that they want this lightning to strike twice. They want this, you know, rehash, if you will, of the Attitude Era, but without the Attitude. And it's very poorly executed and written. Well, that's true. And backstage, I don't think helps the program as much as it hurts it. It's probably doing better than most of their Monday night show, Wednesday night shows. Well, that's true. But then again, nobody's even watching the show anyways, because they barely get 100,000, 150,000 viewers nationwide for it, because it's so obscure on FS1 right now. That's that, But that's another issue altogether, even with CM Punk and all that. But I just think the, the, the writing is going to come and go because the writing is just really bad at this point in a lot of areas. But then again, dur- even during the Attitude Era, when it was just such a great time to be a wrestling fan and all of us you know, older individuals are so nostalgic and, yes, we're get off my lawn because our the Attitude Era was so much better than it is now. La, 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 la. You know, I hear that all the time. But the fact is so much of it was good, but also so much of it is, was bad as well. I mean – you know, you had points where there was a lot of storylines where there was just really just going to places that really didn't need to go. 
It just doesn't seem like the superstars of today are giving their own input on their characters. It just sounds like a lot of reading lines because you don't have two individuals where they're just, you've got to watch them each and every week, like Stone Cold versus McMahon. And then on top of that, you have The Rock, you have Mankind, you have Triple H, you have Degeneration X, you have all those other components that were so cool to watch. No matter how bad some of those sub stories were, you just wanted to go ahead and see some of that that really marquee stuff that they had for you. I don't feel that today, and I'm not sure if I'm going to feel that tomorrow. I'm right there with you. I don't feel that today. I haven't felt that in a lot of years. You were right. I'm not one of the. I'm not going to sit here and say the attitude era is everything, and that's what made wrestling, and that's you know what it should all be based off of. Of course not. It had its highs and lows, you just like everything else. Against, yeah, just like everything else. You had, you had sure you had the NWO. Sure, you had some other great stuff that was going on, ECW and all that. But the fact that there was enough good components of wrestling all around that the, made that whole era and not just the WWE so special. No matter how bad one part of it was, there was so much good to look beyond it. And right, then, and that right was the now. difference. The story writing and the creative, it was all the same even then. It, you know, like you said, it had its moments of where it just it was we were handed hot garbage, but because the action of the wrestling itself was so great, we didn't care what they were saying or what they were doing. It was about the beef that ensued from what they were doing and what they were saying that kept everybody's attention and you don't get that now you don't get that satisfaction of man these guys have been talking crap to each other for week in week out and now it finally gets down to it and that adrenaline rush you used to get before isn't there anymore because you're just sitting there going well i already know how this is gonna go so and so is gonna win because that's just how it always goes Uh, right now it's just way too 50 50 where you know okay so one person took the loss Oh, they got to win now. So you know this is going to go back and forth. Right. And so I how keep... long are they going to hash it out for? Yeah, exactly. And, and you mentioned before that they're trying to go ahead with the NXT and with the SmackDown and with, with Raw. They're trying to recreate the Attitude Era to an extent on a PG level. It's just not coming across well, I should say. Then again, All Elite Wrestling, who, you know, All Elite Wrestling is just starting out. So anything that they're doing is a bonus, I think, at this point in time. No, do they do they have the roster and the depth of that you can go ahead and compete on a regular basis with anything the WWE puts out? No, they don't. They they don't have that deep roster of of interesting characters or interesting individuals. I think right now that but the, what they're they're trying to go ahead and put out there the best that they have, but it is limited. They are bringing in some individuals, or they have brought in some individuals like MJF and Hangman Page that have a future that are that's very bright and they're looking forward to them mixing in with the established stars that are there but then again like i said once you get past the few that there are it's very hard to go ahead and watch the product and feel like you're watching something really big and really special so that's going to take time for AEW to flesh out the the mid card and even the lower card to have uh, you know, a stable of individuals, both male and female, that can go ahead and compete on par with what the WWE can offer at this point in time. So all the wrestling right now, whatever they're getting as far as ratings, money, crowds, anything there should be considered a bonus at this point in time. And it's a long process. And I think AEW is going to go ahead and, and be patient with that. 
with everything else in, in say, it was when you got ROH, MLW, and New Japan. I mean, those are all components as well that that want to go ahead and buy into the pro wrestling market here. I just think the pro wrestling market here, and a lot of people have left, and it's really going to be hard to get those people back that are not watching the professional wrestling product as a whole because they've just so tired on what the WWE has had to offer. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I I watch AEW, and I mean, like you said, it's just starting out. They you know they're not as established. They they definitely can and will be. They they have their own little drama and niche right now too, where they need to change a little things up. You know, like for instance with WWE, like you were saying, there's so many talents they don't utilize. You know, Alistair Black, Ricochet, they came in hot, hot, just on a roll. And then what what happened? They separated the two of them, which okay, that's fine. But Alistair Black doing nothing but cutting promos out of the back. Wondering where his competition's at. Well, maybe if you got to put your ringer on and actually wrestled, you'd have competition instead of sitting in the back asking for it. It was an okay promo the first time, but after they kept doing it and doing it, now it's just cute. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend. I'm hoping for better things for professional wrestling, a.k.a. sports entertainment, a.k.a. whatever you want to call it at this point in time. I'm hoping that there will be an involvement of professional wrestling and somebody will light that match and light a fire underneath the professional wrestling scene once again like we saw at various points of time even to the point of a john cena i mean you can love him or you can hate him at least he was able to go ahead and bring in audiences in a way that we're not even seeing today so hopefully we will go ahead and see that type of uh, you know mercurial individual or individuals that will go ahead and reshape the sports entertainment aka professional wrestling world for years to come What's your thoughts on the WWE right now coming off the of Survivor Series? Please share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. We need the ruthless aggression. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. We need something to be ruthless at this point in time. But before we head on out, my friend, I do want to ask you, Black Friday is almost upon us. We had a great episode of the PCC Multiverse on Friday that people still should be able to check out that talks about some of the great deals that are out there, not only with video games, movies, TVs, electronics, and so much more. But I want to ask you, my friend, I know as a fellow gamer, and you're a hardcore gamer, I want to ask you, my friend, what video game deals are you looking forward to this Black Friday? To be totally honest, you know what just caught my eye? Did you remember last year when Microsoft did the Xbox All Access? Yes. Um, Lightning has struck twice this year, and you can actually get an Xbox One X. No money out of pocket. Walk out with it. Pay your, I believe it comes to around maybe $39 a month, give or take. And, you know, walk out with your Xbox One X. Merry Christmas, what have you. But the kicker with the deal this time around, in 12 months, you are eligible to upgrade to Project Scarlet. Get yourself an Xbox One X. year later, get yourself in the latest and greatest. That's a very interesting program. I kind of like that myself. That's very interesting. I have to look more into that. Also, as well, for people who just want the Xbox One S, those deals are live right now with the Xbox One S with at many retail locations. So check out online, whether it's Walmart, Target, what have you. You need to go ahead and check it out online because many of those great video game deals are already on sale. The bundle with PlayStation for $199, the PlayStation 4 with three great games, The Last of Us, Horizon Zero Dawn, and God of War. 
you want to check that out that's right now well it's on sale for each for ten dollars but you want to go ahead it's a great deal three games playstation 4 199 those are on sale now at many retailers that's the black friday bundle for them the black friday bundle at 199 you'll see it various outlets is jedi fallen order with an xbox one s so check that out for 199 as well don't even worry about the 149 digital only unless that's all you want is just something to download it's worth to buy the xbox one s just for the 4k blu-ray alone to spend that extra 50 dollars much less getting a star wars jedi fallen order with it so many of those deals are on now the price cuts on playstation plus and xbox live they're also available right now at various retailers so you want to check that out so many great deals i will say this my friend some of the games that i'm interested in that have popped up at various retailers gamestop i'm going to tell you they rarely do something i'm interested in but they are this time all the PlayStation hits, I believe. In fact, I think this is also other retailers as well. The PlayStation hits, which is The Last of Us, Horizon Zero Dawn, Little Big Planet 3, Uncharted Lost Legacy, God of War, The Uncharted Collection, Persona 5, Bloodborne, Gran Turismo, I think even Uncharted 4. Those hits are going to $9.99, half off. Not sure about Uncharted 4. I have to check on that one, but... Uh, all the rest of them, they're, all those are going $9.99, half off. Those are great deals for some great games right there, especially if you, if you haven't picked up God of War and, or Horizon Zero Dawn. Also got to tell you about one of the big losers of the year, Anthem, at GameStop, going $5. You know, I know we've made so much fun of Anthem, but if you ever wanted to get into it, I think now's the time to get an Anthem because it's only going to be $5.00 at GameStop come Black Friday. So I want to hear your thoughts, man, on some other great deals on games that are, are of interest to you this week that could be already on sale already, or at least coming on sale this Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, and yes, you were right, Uncharted 4. That's part of your good call on that. Sweet. Um, also, there's been some sales going on as far as PlayStation Plus goes right now. I mean, obviously everybody, par for the poorest course, Best Buy, Walmart, GameStop, they've all been doing daily deals daily Black Friday deals, what have you, things like that. So a lot of great things already have come down the pike and are coming down the pike. Kingdom Hearts 3, $20. Right. If you don't do it for $20, there's something wrong with you. I mean, 20 bucks for that's a great game, great choice for 20 bucks. I got to tell you, though, Skyrim actually went up $5 this year. It's $20. Last year it was 15 so that's kind of funny. See how they are? See how they are? That's amazing. But again, the path. The, the PlayStation Plus sale also going on right now. There's a free trial for uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Also dropped the price, 70% off. So you're looking at Gold Edition for $11.99. Ultimate, which was like $100 and some odd dollars or 100 bucks, is now like 43 So some good deals there. Haven't seen everything that I sure am, I want to see. Obviously, you know, I'm looking for a, a deal on Death Stranding. Everybody that's listening out there for my Christmas list. That and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, but I know those two came out this month, so you don't really see the price drops on it yet. If you're interested in Modern Warfare Call of Duty, it is going to a $38 price point, so you want to check it out on that if you're really into the Call of Duty series and you haven't got it yet. I know other games that have recently gone out, like Need for Speed, that's also going on sale. All the 2K games like 
2K20, WWE, NBA 2K20. They're all going around the $27, $28 mark. In the WWE's case, it's probably needed because of all the issues and problems there. Are you sure NBA, that one's not $5 this year? It no, not be. yet. Not yet. That's, yeah, from what the reviews are. But there are a lot of great games out there. And again, if you check out our listings at Pop Culture Cosmos, we've gone ahead and reported once again all the, the major retailers and their Black Friday sales and the links to them. So check it out today on Pop Culture Cosmos. And also look forward to go ahead and sharing more great stuff to you in the coming days just before Black Friday hits. Hopefully we'll be able to go ahead and put out our thoughts on some of the best deals coming out once again. Just check out our social media at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, Twitter, and even Instagram as well. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. Cannot thank you enough for taking the time for being a part of it once again. Any last thoughts on the way out? I'm ready for the food coma. I think I'm ready for the food coma too, my friend. Gobble, gobble to you, my friend. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble back. There you go. And again, everybody, have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. So for Jamie Monroy, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great likes to listen to shows about pop culture, movies, television, and comic books. Good thing Wilbur and Daisy found the Nerd Bliss Podcast. You too can find the Nerd Bliss Podcast at nerdblisspodcast.com and on the ESO Network. Just remember, Nerd Bliss is one word. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network Podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.